there. Thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 123. You're either watching us on YouTube or listening on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you very much for that. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know uh, my co-host at the bottom of the screen tonight, John Evans there in his VIP tracksuit that he, he didn't pay for, like all of us. Um, tonight's special guest is a return for a man, I suppose you can say, shocked. Certainly boxing here in the Northwest when he uh, suddenly retired recently after I think it was 13, well, unbeaten 14 fight career. Luke Evans. Luke, thanks for coming on. No, my pleasure. Hope you guys are okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to speak about the end of the show about retirement and go you know, a bit more in depth on that, how you are and what could you. But what are you doing right now since retirement? I know you're spending a lot of time with your kids. I see you involved in a non-league football club. What's happening in your life? Yeah, I'm just doing a bit of everything, really. Just trying to keep myself busy. I mean, obviously, stopping boxing, it's a, you know, it's a life-changing decision. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, doing a bit of non-league uh, football work. So for the social media, for the local football club where I go and support, Abbey A. Uh, just doing them a favour, really. I'm doing it voluntary, not getting paid for it. Uh, just out of the love for the football club, like they've shown me their support when I was boxing. Uh yeah, and just spending time with my two kids, really. Um, you know, it's that's been a massive life-changing event, you know, having having a son, newborn son. So I'm just enjoying family time now, yeah. Are we ever going to see you in that, the director's box with a three-piece suit and be calling you Mr. Chairman at Habby A and have a big suite named after you or something because of what you've done for the club? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've not done that, done, not done that much for <laughs> but, uh, but I think uh, I think they appreciate and respect I my do. input, um, obviously, because... You know, I won't discredit the lads, but the 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 level they're playing at is semi-pro, and I've come from a professional boxing background. So, you know, the things I've learned in professional boxing, I can kind of, you know, advise in the football side, especially non-league. I can, you know, hopefully bring that professionalism, um, which some of the lads, you know, they like going out and having a pint here and there, and that's something I've never really experienced or done uh, for the love I, love I had for boxing. So, hopefully, I give them that little bit of motivation now to uh to try and get the best out of themselves. I tell you what, Luke, as long as you don't start uh, suggesting that we avoid playing the best teams in the league and stuff like that, you know, as long as you don't take that over from boxing, we'll be all right. No, no, definitely not, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'd say we'll start talking about our topics, and it's the round one where we're going to talk about where your your career and retiring, um, Luke. I mean, you ready, to you ready, John, there with your clock and everything? Already. I mean, I'm just sort of packing up young Luke. Um, you retired very, very young. Um, do you think there's, you know, first of all, tell us about it. And also, do you think there's fighters of your age who would love to walk away but are too frightened to or just can't because of monetary situations? You, you know, since you're retired, has any fighters come up to you and said, I wish I could do what you've done? Uh, to be honest, not not really, no. Um, not not really anybody's came up to me and said, I wish to retire or anything like that. But they understand the decisions as to why I have retired, um, you know, one being opportunities and not getting the opportunities I feel I, I deserved in my career for my, for the for the skill set I have. Um, second, financial decisions. You know, fights if they get if they fall through, you don't get paid. It's not a you know it's part time wages, full time career. I don't want to talk bad about the sport, but when it starts taking more from you than what you want it to, then it you know you got to make that fine line. And as I touched on earlier, I've got a young family now, and it's no longer about myself. Um, it's I've been selfish for far too long. Um, you know, I've damaged my body. You know, I've never really spoke out about some of the injuries I've sustained. 
Um, most of them are well documented, but um, but now it, I feel like it's the right time because I, I I can start feeling the injuries I have now, and and not only that as well, you know, I I believed I could have done something in the sport, but it doesn't matter what I believe; it's what I've done. And to be to be fair, what I've done might not seem a lot to a lot of people, but from where I started on the small hall shows, and even as an amateur, no one ever expected me to get to the level I got to. Um, 14 fights, 13 wins, boxed at the arena, you know, okay, I didn't win, didn't lose though, you know, it's probably one one of the most entertaining fights on the night, if if that, I had Eddie Earn off his seat, how many people can say that? So, uh, I've, I've, I've over-exceeded, over uh, I should add, so I'm very proud of what I've done. Just one quick question. I saw John wants up wants to ask you something on this as well. Um, do you think in your did it ever go through your mind that in twelve months' time, when the pains left your legs, that your knees, I think was it was a problem, you might say, yeah. "I'll go back and give it another go." To be honest with you, boxing is a very dangerous sport, and one thing I've got to be um, with the age I'm at, I'm twenty six. I've got an old yeah. dad on shoulders. You know, um, I've got to be a realist. I'll be honest, my my chance of becoming a world champion and financially secure is about 1%. Um, not to put any other fighter off or anything, they're on their own path, but with me and my path, you know, it's one of them where what's the point in going a little bit further when I'm not going to get what I want out of the sport? And that's that's not just my own fault. You know, I understand that, but there's just other factors, politics, you know, other people's decision-making. Um, that's out of my hands. Um, you know, and if everybody was on the same same team, everybody was rocking the same thoughts that I did, then maybe I would have had a chance at, you know, a big title or just to have had the chance would have been nice. But, you know, things are out of my control. And like I said, there's one thing I won't regret, though, is, you know, retiring at the age of 26. I'm, I'm still healthy, you know, healthy enough. So that's that's all I'm bothered about. I mean, I've not, not made a dime. You know, I've lost more than I've earned. But, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with what I've done. I've, I've learned so much. Time covered everything there. Uh, well, um, round two is your, what your first topic, Luke. Someone who's similar age to you, whereas yeah. uh, you, you, you didn't, you didn't rate your chances of making. Well, you didn't rate you. Things didn't go right for you to make the money you wanted. Someone who might be going all the way, Dalton Smith. You want to discuss? Yeah, uh, you know, you guys must have watched Dalton Smith yourselves the other day. What a, what a fight. Uh, credit to Sam Maxwell. You know, he put up a, a tremendous effort in it. Dalton with some big shots. But my question is, Dalton Smith's obviously going to be a world champion, but is he going to be a world champion against elite or is he just going to be a world champion against world-class fighters? Oh, you know what? I've been big on him. John, I think I'd say this. Really big on him since day one. He lives the life. He's one of those guys who I don't think he's ever had a Mars bar. Like a bit of a top spin there, but he lives the life, clean living. He went to America just to hone skills recently. Will he be elite? You know what? I'm not, I shouldn't be sitting on the fence and getting splinters on my ass. I don't know. He can be, certainly become a world champion. Oh, that's a tough, that's a, that's a tough question. You know what? I'll <laughs> go as far. I'm not going to say he'll beat elite fighters. But I'll say he's going to become a world champion and make enough money out of boxing to live very comfortably at the end of his career. You know, the the, the same aspirations that you had, Luke. John? Yeah, and a few other things, Steve. He'll be in good fights as well. You know, when he does get yeah. to that level, they'll, they'll be exciting because I thought it was he's good matchmaking on Saturday with Sam Maxwell. It was a good... It made him look really good. But I, what I liked about how he did it, he did it in the danger zone, didn't he? 
Yeah, but you know, yeah. Maxwell's a long puncher and he can Maxwell can crack, but Dalton Smith did it sort of in the danger zone. He put himself at risk to get it done. And I, I like watching Dalton. He's a good ladder. He got undeserved stick, didn't he, for them two fights where he went the distance. But yeah. I, I thought he showed back to what he could do again at the weekend. Yeah, people yeah. went a bit cold on him, didn't they, after particularly yeah. after the Billy Allington fight. A lot of people went cold on him. Luke, sorry. A couple of fights that I'd like him to take, you know, Darag Foley, maybe for a European title. That's a good fight. Frank Pettigene, I think he's called. Yeah. He's the European champion. Sander Martin, I think will be perfect for as a world-class fighter. Liam Paro, another one. You know, and then maybe in two years' time, someone like Jack Catterall, he'll be 32, 33. Maybe, hopefully, he's made a, a couple of quid on the side there. And, uh, you know, sets up for a big British fight, that. The Sandal Martin one's a great shout. Sandal yeah. Martin's a, a good, it's a tricky one, isn't it, as well? But if, if you're going if yeah. you're gonna be get to where you think you'll get, Steve, you've got to beat Sandal Martin, haven't you? Robbie Davis, yeah. as well, get get Robbie Davis in the mix there. Robbie's got a lot of big fights to come back. Good measuring stick. Good measuring stick. Yeah. Again. But yeah, I, I like him. I, I like him. And it was just spectacular. It's one of them finishes that everyone watches stuff on the phone these days. It's one of them finishes that'll flash up on a phone, won't it? Similar to the Nathan Bennett finish at the yeah. match route. That's what it kind of reminded me of. That's it. Yeah, he broke Nathan's jaw with a first punch oh. of the fight, I think. Run um, free over to you, John. Jared Anderson. Yes. Well, do you know what? Similar to what we were just talking about there with Dalton Smith and people going off him because he went the distance a couple of times. I've seen people writing off Jared Anderson this weekend because he went the distance with Charles Martin. Jesus, you know, he's he's 23 years old. He, I think he came to boxing reasonably late. He's looked good so far. He got a couple of gut checks there from Charles Martin. And that wasn't the Charles Martin that turned up with a, a Burger King crown and a pair of hot pants like the one who came over and fought Joshua, is it? That was a different Charles Martin. And, yeah, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought he did okay. A good, solid win on his record. Still unbeaten. He's going to be. He's a world away from fight for the titles. They're going to be tied up for a while. And, yeah, I just thought, unnecessary stick, to be perfectly honest. Look, it's just that the, the generation we live in now, in, in not just boxing, we're not um, sport in general, where one performance where everyone doesn't let, you know, there isn't universal love. And you're absolutely, you know, detonated. You think of this now when you talk about fighters being written off. If you imagine what in this, in what what it would be now when Lennox Lewis fought David Tua and oh. was just safety first, where if he just they had a game plan, they weren't changing. You know, yeah. where they said safety first behind that jab, and he had let half a dozen more right hands go around and sparked him. Imagine what Lewis would have got for that. But that was a masterclass in yeah. people's eyes back then. It's just the, the the generation we're in, Luke. Yeah, I'm not too uh, familiar with Jared Anderson, I won't lie, but I caught his fight against Charles Martin the other day. I thought it was a good a good performance. And, you know, Charles Martin's been in there with some good operators at world level. Um, does he beat any of the top five in the world? No, obviously not. Um, but he's in with a puncher's chance. And stylistically and technical, like his technical ability, it's there. So maybe a couple of fringe world level guys, you know, Keep feeding him that sort of level. Let him learn his trade. 23 is young for a heavyweight. He's in no rush. You know, he's in hell of a, in no rush. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe him with a, a Josie Parker, you know, one or two fights down the line, someone like that. Um, you know, the talent's there. It's clear to see. But um, for, for now, I just keep feeding him them sort of opponents. Yeah, he's miles away. He's my, he could have another five years before he fights for a title. No rush. Yeah. 
The one thing I didn't like, though, I've seen a few interviews of him saying he wants to get out as quickly as possible. And did you see the thing he did with Roy Jones last week, talking about the pressure? And yeah. Roy was trying to talk him into, you know, you've got a talent, you've got to do it. And yep. I'd, I'd, maybe maybe that might hold him back and he wants to run before he can walk. But yeah. he's certainly got, oh, he's, well, he's no American heavyweights, is there? No. No, so, he's in Oh, isn't he, really? For heavyweights. Yeah. Round four, something we talk about every week and moan about um, the heavyweight division. And what brought this to me? I want to hear Luke's opinion. Me and John moan about this every week. We're like an old record. But so I made this point. This is how much it's slowed up. We've got, I mean, Tyson Fury's most probably going to fight a cage fighter in the autumn. Um, and we've got Zhang Joyce rematch, or Zhang against the juggernaut, the rematch announced. And that really was, apart maybe a little bit of Jared Anderson's against you the, the, at the weekend, Zhang Joyce won, was the last relevant heavyweight fight. And it's going to be the next relevant heavyweight fight. And, you know, by every week, I'll get more and more disillusioned with this division. I mean, we're getting Joshua White rematch, and it just don't do anything for me. Maybe I'm, you know, being a bit senile and a bit miserable, but it does nothing for me at all watching Joshua White again. Watching Tyson Fury, if he fights John Jones or the other guy that's been mentioned, a UFC fighter, does nothing for me. It just doesn't even get me. I think, you know, we've got Dubois, Usyk, whether that's going to happen or what, that's due in August. But I just get more and more disillusioned by the week. What, how, how do you see it, Luke, the heavyweight division right now? It's gone stale. I mean, politics doesn't help you know I think if it was down to the fighters to negotiate themselves the fights would be happening um you know the background people you know it's the politics of the sport um you know money this that it's you know it doesn't pose well for the sport because the heavyweights the big guys they're the the guys that everybody wants to go and watch you know and if they're not fighting each other then these fights are never going to be made you know um the only, there's only three fights that really really interest me that's Fury Joshua uh, Joshua Wilder and Usyk Fury. Um, they're the only three fights that really interest me. There's fights outside of it, like Wilder, Ruiz, people like that. Um, but, you know, they're the only three fights that interest me. Um, and none of them are happening. Dylan White, Joshua, the second fight, a rematch. You know, Dylan White followed me the other day, you know, which was a nice little, uh, little surprise. But, you know, people like Dylan White, he's a good role model. You know, he's not chose to go and chase world titles. He's gone to fight whoever's yeah. put in front of and if Great if boxing was like that, then you know it would have records like UFC fighters, but the fights would be entertaining. People would be better off financially. The fights would be bigger in that sense. And these fights are just two years too late for me. Uh, so they have the, it's gone stale. The heavyweight division. Yeah, it's pathetic. I, what you said, Steve. Out of the top seventeen heavyweights, it's probably changed now with Joshua White. Only two of them had a fight scheduled, and it was Joyce and Chang. Was that what it was last time? You know, it was a no, great point. No, you know, what? something Luke just said there is bang on. When you look, but you know, you think about it, Dillian White, he has fought them all, hasn't he? He has got that record with the losses, but, you know, he shouts his mouth off. He has the fights and tries his hardest, whether he's going to get chinned or not. So yeah. big up to Dillian White. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Round five, Luke, um, two minutes and three minute rounds for females. What's your take? Look, to be honest with you, these two-minute rounds for me, they go far too quick. 
You know, there's a lot of hugging, there's a lot of grappling, you know. I, I would love to see a female fight go three-minute rounds and see how a female boxer would control that time and the distance and things like that. I think there'd be a lot more controlled performances. I think there'd be better fights. I think, yeah, it'd be a little bit more dangerous for female boxing in terms of, you know, the stoppages and the TKOs because, you know, a lot of fighters will be gassed earlier. But, you know, this is my personal opinion, but I think, you know, maybe, you know, 10 twos for non-title fights, 10 threes for world title fights, or 12 twos, you know, something of that effect. I think that could and should happen. Um, you know, can they fight at a slower pace and, you know, give better fights? Um, that's just from a fan perspective, but, you know, it's 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 a dangerous sport, so I understand why they're probably not doing three minutes, but I just wanted to get your takes on it, really. Um, I'd like to see 10 threes or 12 twos for world title fights. John? I, I, I'd have 10 threes would be great if the girls were all good, but the two world title fights we got on Saturday were shambles, I thought. Um, Tasha Jonas, fair play to her, but that girl was atrocious. And I thought Franchon Cruz de Zern was as basic as you can possibly get. Yeah, she was a strong girl who tried. But the skill differential so big, but the power's not there. You could have got a girl like the girl Tasha thought taking a real pasting. You know, luckily they, they stepped in and stopped it, didn't they? Because it just got yeah. a little bit too much. But you, you see some big skill differentials in between the girls, even at world title level. And if the, the, the power's not there, but the skill difference is so big, you're going to get some real one-sided, drawn-out beatings, I think. I, I think over time, eventually, all the girls will get better. The level will come straight up. Yeah. And it'll be 10 threes. But at the minute, I just think there's too much of a gap between the top yeah. girls and the and the lower girls. Yeah, I'm for the three-minute rounds. But yeah, we've discussed this before, and I can't think of the names... And I've seen when this was really being debated in the boxing media and stuff online, that there was quite a few high-profile female fighters who were adamant it should remain at two rounds, yeah, two-minute rounds as well. For Ellie Scottney, man, I knew it was somewhere on this a while back. Ellie Scottney, who's now a world champion and one, uh, certainly one of the better female boxers, British boxers, she she was happy with two-minute rounds. And I think there's been others too. So I I think because, you know, you've got, you know, name boxers wanting that. I think it could be some time before we see it regularly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the level's got to come up. And maybe below super bantamweight, you could do it. Or below lightweight, so you could do it. But some of these, the girls who are fighting at welterweight and above, it, it's not good, is it? Um, I don't even know if he could do 10 threes. No. Fine. <laughs> Final round, John. You, this is what a, a topic we had before and got a reaction on Twitter, so we might do again. Go on, John. Ban these yeah, well, words. A, a word, I'll only give you one this time, but I'd like to ban the word ride from boxing. Get ready for an exciting ride or get what a ride it's been. I'll tell you what, when we sign these young kids now and the promoters say, get ready for a fantastic ride, the ride they're on for about four years is as dangerous as the local fairground, isn't it? The teacups. There's absolutely no risk, there's no danger, and there's no excitement for about three years. Oh, so, right. I'm the word ride from professional boxing. Oh, mate, there's so many. I mean, I, you told me <laughs> this. I wrote that about four straight away. I hate stanza to decide around. Squared yeah. circle, tick over, domestic <laughs> dust-up. What a lot of bollocks that is. Um, oh, mate, I, you know, let's, not, let's go away from words. We'll go back to words, but I, I just... 
fucking detest BT, Sky Sports, Channel 5, whoever's showing boxing is guilty of it. Hey, I've been guilty of it at Box Nation. So, we, you know, I'm not here, you know, preaching to you or anything, but how can every boxer that's had a hard life is fucking saved from prison? Boxing saved you. I'm fed up with hearing it. I could have a plumber in here who was a little bastard as a kid around Ashton and Ashton and Hat from Hattersley or something, you know, you know, or from Gorton where Abby Hay is, who was a right little fucker, but has turned good with a plumber. I'm not going to go and broadcast it. You know, a life of fixing kitchen sinks has saved him. Fuck's sake. Let's have a break of all this, of um, boxers that have had hard upbringings being saved by the sport. Yeah. yeah. Go on, yeah, Luke, I mean, what's your words? Have you got any? You know, more, bit more, you know, straightforward to be honest with you. You probably hear it all the time, you know, especially from fighters who are higher up compared to, you know, lower fighters or even journeymen. But the word bum, bum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hate bum. I mean, you know, you could get journeyman fighters who are considered bums, or you know, you know, upcoming prospects that have got a couple of losses on the record, bums. You know, yeah. world class athletes, world class fighters, bums to the average, you know, house, you know, people on the chair watching the telly. Anybody that gets in that boxing ring, whether it's white collar, professional boxing, whatever, whoever puts on them gloves and gets in the ring deserves respect. And they definitely don't deserve to be called a bum. No matter what technical ability they're at, uh, I think the sport's far too dangerous. And, it, and it's a lot of courage to step in there as well. It's not just the finished product on the night. It's the, the weeks you have before it, the family time you miss, all the events you miss. You know, it, it's mental torture. And only so many people can do it. Thankfully, my 16 years in total are done now. But, you know, for other fighters who are coming through, you know, you got to have a strong mindset, you know, because uh, if things don't go your way, sometimes you get considered a bum. That's one word, though, that I don't agree with. So get that out of boxing, bum. So I'll tell you something else I've noticed. You know, we slagged off ring announcers last week with Gary Logan. Have you noticed something that some ring announcers are doing now? And it just shows me that they've not got a clue about the sport. We'll say... 12 rounds for the final eliminator for the British title. When was no, that? 12 rounds in a final eliminator for the British title. I oh, didn't have never heard that one. They all do it. That's just a little thing that once it gets in your ear, you'll notice it every time now. Oh, well, John's had his rant there, his words and stuff, yeah. but we'll get, we'll get people to tell us their words as well on Twitter and maybe read a couple out next week, John. Luke, before we let you go, Obviously, yeah. you've retired. Have you got any plans to be a manager, trainer, matchmaker, promoter, anything like that at all? To be fair, I've had quite a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of training offers. You know, people are asking me to train them all the time. I think at this moment in time in my life, not just my career, because my career is over now, but my life in general, I'm just going to spend a bit of time with my son, you know, watching grow up. But, you know, never say never. You know, I might return to boxing. I just won't be fighting, you know. Um, I know the sport. I've got a lot of experience. Um, yeah, maybe I'd like to have a go at the training side, maybe even the managing side. I was going to ask that manager is what I was thinking of. Yeah, it's like you, you know, I know we've uh, we spoke before about this, and there's not many young managers out there. Yeah, you know, but quite a stressful job, so I've heard. So um, yeah, I'd have to be really clued up on it before getting to that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to train one or two fighters and and see how I get on with them. Uh, you know, I think I could pass a lot of good knowledge on and a lot of good experience, things I've learned. Um, so, yeah, never say never, but for the, for the time being, I'm just enjoying family time. Hey, Luke, you know, you said you opportunities were tough to come by. Well, big opportunities were tough to come by. When you said you were retiring, did you suddenly, did you get people thinking, offering you stuff? 
when they thought one foot was out the door? Did you get any like last ditch offers? No, no. To be honest, oh. I I didn't have that. Um, you know, I'm not saying I'm not marketable or anything because I know I can talk the talk and I think I can walk the walk, but. In that sense, you know, I never really got any opportunities. You know, people kind of understood where I was coming from. Um, but, you know, there was one or two opportunities that I could have had. But, you know, unfortunately, it was out of my hands. And I think if I would have had them opportunities, maybe it would have kept me in the sport. But, you know, when you have people who have that, you know, hold over your career and the opportunities that you want to take and you don't end up getting them um, and following them through for whatever reason, um, you know, it just it kind of just like puts that final nail in the coffin of of what could have been. Um, but like I said, I'm not going to sit here and regret because, I, I, in my opinion, I've over expect over exceeded. Um, would have liked to have boxed with belts and things. Of course, I would have. Um, any boxer coming through won't you know won't say no. But you know, unfortunately, my opportunity, you know, was taken away um, through no fault of my own. So. Um, you know, it's one of them things, but you know, I love boxing. I love, I always will. I mean, I got a tie when I was 15 years old, you know, so that's on me for life. So everyone knows I was a boxer at some point, but yeah, maybe it's time to pass my knowledge to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's hope you're not lost. I've said to you before, I think you'd make, you know, you'd be, certainly be a good trainer and I think you'd even make a better manager, but that's just my opinion. John, do you have anything to add before we go? No, no, Luke knows what I thought of him. It's, I remember going down to see him at the Smooth Camp with Boovy and stuff like that years ago. I thought Luke could really fight, and it was a it's a shame the way it's gone because yeah, there's been three fighters who I saw very from pretty much the debut, and you could see straight away that they had it. And it was Jazza Dickens, it was Zelfa Barrett, and it was Luke, and yeah. they're both three. Uh, and Luke knows. I've told him, said it before. Uh, oh, so it's just a shame it's gone like that, really. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to, but there's one thing I won't live in is, is regret, you know. Yeah. I, you know, life's too short to do that. Um, you know, it's all about moving forward now and you know, and everything I've learned on the way through boxing as an amateur and professional, you know, hopefully I can uh, I can use in my own day-to-day -day life moving forward and obviously if anyone wants my advice or wants a little chat over the phone, you know, I'm more than happy to give them that time. Luke, thanks for coming on tonight. Uh We'll get you on again in a few months. We've got a couple of weeks before we pack up for a bit of a summer summer break. Uh, but we'll get you on again in a few months. Luke, you always add a lot to this podcast with your insight and knowledge. John, thank you as always, mate. And uh, I'll speak to you in the week or next week, whenever, John. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for watching or listening. Thanks very much. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.